Hey guys, just a note before we get started on today's podcast episode, the audio setup for Galavi wasn't the ideal setup, so the signal wasn't that great coming through due to our internet signals at home, so bear with us with the audio quality with this episode. However, the content is really good, and um, if you haven't heard of Galabi, totally check them out. Anyway, enjoy the episode. I just find it really fascinating how this, like, younger people, like Gen Z, kids who, like, kids, adults now, um, who, like, not grown up with it and, like, discovering it for the first time, um, I reckon that'll be, like, very exciting. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding creatives, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and to help grow your wedding business. We're giving you something slightly different on today's Perspective episode as we chat to creators of Galabi, an independent film developing and scanning lab located in the Glasgow's south side. Self-confessed film nerds and creatives Ben and Chris set up Glabby to fill a niche for specialist film processing. So we'll be chatting to them about their experiences in creating such a business, as well as how they came up with the idea and their journey so far. This episode is of course sponsored by With Jack, but I will get onto that later in the episode. But let's get into it. Greg, what are we drinking? So I've got some... Filter coffee that I've brewed up, it's from Hard Lines, which is a roaster down in Cardiff, and their branding is pretty funny. It's like wacky oh, yeah. faces on the front of their sort of bags. So the one I've got is a mm-hmm. Rwandan, and it's called Bombongo. Bombongo, cool. And it's got notes of cider apple, blackberry, it's juicy, and I've had some of it before, and it definitely lives up to those taste notes. It's really good. Very good. What you know, you I, have to, I have to admit... When you when you said juicy, I find that is such a weird descriptor for a <laughs> for a coffee. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm drinking um, one that I think we've drank before, Greg. Uh, Fjord coffee roasters. I'm not sure if we've had it on the podcast, but we've definitely had it in the office. Uh, where's it from? Yeah, I can. It's a Columbia. It's actually a, a for the espresso. Um, however, I've gone rogue. And uh, I've put ice in it, so I'm having a nice ice coffee, which is lovely. Cool. You might be able to hear the jingling, jangling of ice, but um, yeah, guys, over at Galabi, Ben and Chris, where are you guys drinking? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're very unprepared and don't have any drinks. <laughs> well, I'm drinking the brightest tap water on earth here in Glasgow, so we <laughs> some little pre-ground coffee in the kitchen. No, it's Sainsbury's brand. It's Sainsbury's brand. Yeah. Got some Sainsbury's <laughs> coffee. With some uh, Oli Barista, obviously, on the fridge. <laughs> you know, it's like putting premium petrol in your Corsa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't worry, don't worry. We've uh, we've had a few guests who haven't had drinks, so it's fine, it's fine. We've actually never met in person, um, so it's, it's cool to have you guys on. Thank you for thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so, so how, how have you been? We've been good, yeah. We've been busy. We've we've been kind of locked in the lab without any human interaction. So it's just been the two of us getting sillier and sillier. And we're kind of worried about customers coming back in now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 how to be like not 
weird people, <laughs> not, just, yeah. not just screaming, cloning their own, clowning and referencing really terrible pop from the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, um, I think I, out of the two of us, I think Greg would probably describe me as pretty weird in general. So I'm a little bit frightened as well by going back into the, the public eye. Honest. You were always weirder well. than the public eye, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, yeah, you, you don't true. hide it away much. No, I don't. I don't. That's just that, that's just me, though. I'm quirky. It's, it's fine. Oh, in fact, talk about quirks. So I I, I don't know if you guys are into electric scooters, uh, but I have one, <laughs> and uh, I, uh, this is just so random. I uh, I saw a news article that uh, they might be getting kind of legalized in Glasgow or or testing. They're doing some tests with electric scooters, so that's exciting. Are they not already? No, they banned them. No. Oh. Well, they, they are illegal in the UK so far. Well, that's no fun. Oh, look, I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I've just got to go fast. I think we should have them, and we should go to them as fast as possible. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I suppose that's one of the bonuses of COVID. They might yeah. license these. <laughs> We got to get a b- balloon man first. <laughs> you know the a balloon man. You know the uh, well, like, like you know car salesman. You know the car sales noodle guy. Yes, noodle guy. We, we want to get one of them, but like either get like a, a three story one like outside the shop on a residential street, or get a smaller one and have it inside and going all the time. And it's just like uh, it just wrecks everything, but we just make do with it and love it. We just, you just yeah, <laughs> like you like commit to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be hilarious for for a week maybe, and then uh, we probably realised that the business was failing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, I now can't wait to come into your lab. I'm not gonna lie. You'll be disappointed if it's not Noodle Man. No. <laughs> I will be disappointed. Yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> One question we like to ask our guests is kind of a weird one, and they always take it in maybe different directions, but who are you and what do you do? Okay. Um, individually or as a whole? <laughs> Go individually. Okay. Well, I am Ben, and I run Galabi with Chris. I take a lot. I generally would call myself a photographer and film lab person. That's about all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was just going to rattle off all my labels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all my acronyms. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Chris. Um, what was the question? It's like, who are you and what do you do? Yeah. Like, like an like um, kindergarten cop. <laughs> yeah, stand in front of the class. Come on. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, nah, I'm Chris. Um, I I do everything. I like to do everything to a, a terrible degree because it's fun to do things for the sake of it, right? Um, but yeah, no, I guess photographer. Yeah, person who runs a film lab. Person who runs a film lab with Ben Cowley. <laughs> <laughs> we took, we didn't take that in a weird direction at all. We were totally oh, really basic with that. Sorry, so lame. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> some people some people like to get a bit philosophical with that question. Uh, so h- how did you guys get into uh, developing film then? Did, did you study? No, uh, neither of us uh, studied, <laughs> studied photography. Um, I'm actually, I'm a chemist slash nanotechnologist by trade. Um, I worked in like uh, forensic for years. Um, sure that's like a real job. 
<laughs> oh my god! Um, that I quit it and moved to Scotland and opened a film lab. Um, but yes, um, you know, I studied science and so like photography was something I've loved since I was a teenager and just always did it on the side. Um, and then, sort of in the last five or so years, sort of like took it a bit more seriously and then just like just kept going with it. Um, mm. And I started developing my own black and white um, just for, for the cost's sake because it was a lot cheaper. Um, and where I'm from in Melbourne, there was, like, plenty of um, dark rooms and, yeah, I found a really local one that was just a few minutes from my house and, um, yeah, it was really nice. And, and yeah, that's about, that's about it. Yeah. And I used to make music videos for a very long time and then I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And I got into taking photographs kind of later on, in like 2016-ish. Uh, I lived with a person who taught me how to develop film, and then I kind of got a bit obsessed with it. And then but the, the same as Chris, I couldn't really afford to always get my film developed. So I ended up doing colour and black and white in my, in my kitchen sink kind of thing. And then I met Chris, and we both had this idea to start a lab. And so it kind of was born out of kind of necessity financial necessity for ourselves. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like you've both had a passion for film photography for a wee while now. What is it about film photography in particular and developing your own stuff that you love so much? Um, I'll go. Um, for, for me, um, and this is just me personally for why I like it, I just kind of like the, the process in and of itself as opposed to the inverted commas look of film. Right. I just kind of like shooting manually I like I don't know I, I, I sort of just like the, the sort of slower pace it's like I like the restrictions that it places on on you when you're shooting um I really like it um but also I like the work but also <laughs> the look <laughs> you, can spend a lot, you can spend a lot of time arguing about film versus digital but I think it is probably an over argued argument oh it's been done to death like that um, let that horse die let the horse die on that one but um, yeah no I'm a big fan of shooting film as opposed to digital. Having shot a lot of digital video in my life, the minute I started mm -hmm. film, it completely changed the way that everything looked and the workflow was completely different as well in a positive way. So, yeah, yeah in terms of motion picture film, which is what I was doing the music video stuff, that shooting film was like completely changed the way I worked for the better. <laughs> okay, for the better, how, what, what did it change? I, well, before when I shot digital, I wasn't restricted in what in what I could plan. Well, I wasn't as restricted in terms of I could just go along with the camera and shoot what I wanted without so much of a plan in place. Whereas mm -hmm. film, I had to pretty much edit the video before I was even on set <laughs> because I could. Oh, okay. Usually, you know, budgets were tight naturally, music industry, um, so you couldn't just shoot hundreds and hundreds of foot of film. I generally had two hundred foot of sixty mil film, maybe three hundred foot of sixty mil film. So yeah. You kind of have to be very, very budget oriented and have, know exactly what you want to do. It forces you into this corner of mass pre-production. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> do Do you ever? Do you guys ever go back to shooting digital or? I've never, I've never shot digital photography. I've only ever shot digital video. Really? Well, I've tried, but I was just, I was just was like, True. never thought it looked that good. <laughs> Sorry, shooting film. <laughs> I've got a digital camera. Um, like a mirrorless Sony for that I use for like work or like if I'm covering an event or something. Mm -hmm. um, 
Um, but I generally also have my film camera with me. But, yeah, you kind of need to have a digital camera if you're doing sort of commercial stuff. Mm. Um, but is that, is that something you do a lot? Uh, not so much anymore. I'm, I'm fairly picky about what I'll take. <laughs> I, won't, I won't go out there. <laughs> jobs really um it's mostly a lot of stuff from i'm just i'm quite involved with like the tenants union here um and so yeah just a lot a lot of photo work for that i i know they're completely different but is there can, can you enjoy both digital and film like i know people can be like die hard film and they just want they just don't enjoy no, but we're not, digital. We're not, yeah, we're not wanting to, like, can I swear? No, I'm not allowed to swear. Yeah, you, you can swear. swear. Okay. We don't want to, like, shit on digital photography or vice versa. It's not like we're, like, the film versus digital argument is kind of just, they're two individual things that can both, mm. both coexist quite happily. You can shoot film and digital. I, I, yeah, I don't think you need to particularly choose your weapon and, you know, stick to that line that hard. I, yeah, so what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> can, you can you enjoy both? Can, can, yeah, can you enjoy both? Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, like, take, like, enjoying photography, you can enjoy it no matter what you're taking a photo. When you're taking photos on your phone, you can enjoy it as much, you know. Yeah, it's, it, like, it's mostly like, well, enjoy whatever you want. Um, like, yeah, like, I don't really enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really enjoy shooting on my, on my digital just because, like, I hate editing. Um, Mm. and yeah i just find i don't enjoy it as much um but yeah if other people like love shooting on their digital and like yeah, and, and, and only shoot like one roll a year on like a film whatever like whatever yeah yeah how do you how do you guys feel like at the moment when when i look at sort of youtube it feels like film photography is having a bit of a moment just now and it seems to be <laughs> trendy with some of the youtuber people how do you yeah. guys feel about that? Is that a good thing for your business or like, um, how do you feel yeah. about that? Can I start on one second? Sorry, someone's banging in our door outside. So just put the shutter door down. All right. Yeah. All right, it's cool. Sorry, just one second. Yeah. There's a delivery man banging on the door. All right, it's all good. <laughs> Chris has dealt with him. Was it for next door? <laughs> cool. Sorry, what was the question again? Uh, just sort of how, how you guys feel about the sort of trend just now with YouTubers and popularity of film photography? Yeah, I mean, great. I'm all for it. Like, yeah. Not, not a problem for us. <laughs> if more, if the, the more people are shooting, the better. The more people know about it, the better. Um, I just find it really fascinating how this, like, younger people, um, like the like Gen Z kids who, like, kids, adults now, um, who have, like, not grown up with it and, like, discovering it for the first time. Um, I reckon that'd be like very exciting. Yeah, mm. yeah. I actually, yeah. I have to admit that I'm I'm one that's I've not shot films since I was like a wee kid with the disposable cameras and stuff. <laughs> but recently, having spoke to a few people on the podcast who use film cameras for their personal stuff and their day to day, it got me tempted. So I just recently got a point and shoot camera. Roll a Portra 400, and then I got it developed from you guys just a couple of weeks ago, I think it was. Okay. And that, that delayed gratification of waiting to see what I've shot and whether it worked out, whether the camera worked for one, because I'd never, that was the first roll I'd ran through it. It was, it was so good getting that email back with the download link, and I was like, have any of these worked out? What are they like? I just, I really like that feeling again of yeah. you're not instantly taking a photo on your phone. Magic. 
and processing it is just feels good having to wait. Yeah, I remember like when I was like, yeah, send off like after I paid, would pay for an invoice, like when I would use the labs back home and I just like sit there refreshing my email, like waiting for the download link to come through. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> I was I was yeah. quite impressed with your, your turnaround because it arrived, I'd, I had to post it out to you and then I got the email on a Saturday morning, I think. I just paid the invoice straight away. I was sitting watching Ant-Man email come in. I was like, oh, I'll pay that. And then like a minute or two later, the download link. So pretty good, good turnaround. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The waiting would be the worst. So don't, like to, <laughs> don't like to give him away. No, we cannot do that. Oh, man. So you, you've actually you, you've said it a few times. I've always said it and wondered if I was saying it right. Galabi. Mm-hmm. Tell, us about, tell us about this name. Where did it come from? Uh, so it's from the, it's the Hindi Urdu word for pink, like the color pink. Ooh. And I really liked it because I thought it sounded... Nice, um, really. Oh, like I am, um, like my background's Indian. Um, and so, yeah, when I was sort of like learning all the names of the colours, um, it just really stuck out. And I kind of really like when something is named just as a word and it's not like a pun on something else. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I really like that, like... Um, and just because, like, if, when other people are talking about it, I guess, like, you know exactly what they're talking about. Um, yeah. I feel like there are a bunch of, like, film labs that are all just, like, we've got names that are really kind of similar, mm-hmm. especially in the UK, like, further down south. They're just, like, there's heaps, there's plenty. Um, and, yeah, I, I could, like, just feel like the names are really boring. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I, I actually really like the name. So when I... Th- thought about it i was like oh yeah that it looks cool it sounds cool it's got the word lab in it is that yeah i did not realize that i also like love how it sounds with the scottish accent like i fucking love when ben says it (laughs) 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 oh man right so um what what inspired you to create a lab then obviously you've you, you've touched on this ever so slightly, but, like, where did the idea come from? Um, subpar service from other Glasgow labs, but okay. the big chains, I'm not shitting on any individual ones here. The larger mm. chains sometimes were a little bit um, hard to work with. <laughs> okay. In different fashions, and maybe the quality of the work that we got from them wasn't that great. Yeah. Um, not mentioning any names, obviously. Um, but yeah, so pretty much you kind of realised that there was a bit of a um, kind of oh well. Also, aside from that, people were always kept on asking me to do it for them because they knew I developed my own film. So my pals right. were just like, oh, "Can you develop this for me?" And I was like, "Oh well, I need to charge you money because I'm doing like two other people this week." So you know, and they were wanting to pay me money. And then eventually, I was like, probably kind of hating my other job, and like maybe this is going to be my new job. And I was working in hospitality a lot and hating that, and so I kind of realised that this is a possibility that I could do this for a living. Yeah, it was a get out, pretty much. But yeah. a very nice get out. Yeah, <laughs> it was sort of like time well with like I lost my job. I got fired from a a, a lab job, a chemist chemistry lab. Um, not for lab. You didn't not, get fired from lab. lab. Um, <laughs> okay, it was for an activated carbon factory. Um, but yeah, I lost that job in like early 2019, and then that sort of was just kind of like. At that point, I don't think I knew that you wanted to do a lab, and I was kind of like, oh, fuck it, I'll just have to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I started looking up equipment and stuff, and then 
looked at you. Anyway, it snowballed and it happened. Yeah. What was that journey to opening your own place? Obviously, you've, you've got your chemistry background and then developing in your kitchen sink. How, how did that process go to opening your own place? I mean, we, yeah, yeah. We learned a lot after we opened in terms of like, we, we kind of thought that we were like, yeah, we can just work like this now. And then like two months later, we're like, oh my God, I can't believe we worked like that. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of like a lot of scrimping and borrowing money off people to yes. buy equipment. Sourcing equipment took a long time. Um, yeah, no, no equipment's made anymore. So all yeah. the equipment we have to get is from like the at latest 2002. Um, right. Yeah, so just like sourcing legacy equipment, learning that equipment. Um, Finding people to fix that equipment. <laughs> you know how to do Yeah, getting like a lot of just just one small thing. Like I remember we'd like just like a really small thing that you wouldn't even think about would just take us like a day of research and finding some weird supplier in like middle England. Like, like we bought a, a film drying cabinet and we needed new filters for it. And we had to do like research into like, you know, see it like airflow and yeah, we had to speak to like the, the cell guy, size. We had to speak to the guy in the factory that made the cabinets in the seventies. And we're like, Oh, John's worked here for years. We'll speak getting on to John. Talk to John and John. Like, oh yeah. I was there when they were building these things. That's <laughs> our stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. We've met a lot of people who were there when they were building things. <laughs> yeah. Does that does that make you nervous? Like this equipment? Oh, I'm assuming it's not made anymore, so no, you're having to. No, some some of them still have spare parts made, which is okay. Um, yeah, it, it, it made us nervous. There's there's moments. Yeah, we kind of um, slowly are building better knowledge of how to fix things ourselves, and also more in terms of networks of text like people who um can fix these things so yeah as long as we've got them then we're generally touch with okay yeah and also we're spending a lot of money on redundancy yes at the moment um just like to keep working in case something goes down yeah uh, really but yeah oh my god yeah just the amount of it's, it's one of those things it's kind of like a joke just like yeah like you just it's incredible how like the way in which something like the amount of ways in which things can go wrong so so you you you've you've you bought your own equipment and all that kind of stuff did you have a lab at that time initially we were actually kind of before i met chris i was just working out of a studio space on the same street that we're on now and we ended up both kind of individually of each other getting a space in there. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely not the ideal place to run a photo lab out of. Um, mm-hmm. It was very dusty and it was very closed off to the public. Um, and we were over two different floors. And then, so eventually this little shop unit came up. Um, kind of a shop unit. It's like a semi-garage unit <laughs> just along mm-hmm. the road from where we were. And we kind of... Yeah, like the minute we heard it was up, we like literally ran along the road to see, try and find the landlord. Um, so yeah, then we moved in here in October last year. Yeah. And that's on Torsdale Street? Torsdale Street, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Because I remember, I, I feel like, like, so when you were mentioning um, in, was it early 19 when you moved away from your, your job at the time? Yeah. Uh, I, like, I just, I feel like I've heard of Galabi for longer than that. And it must be like, Greg, you must have been, you must have heard them straight away because I'm pretty sure we started following you guys on Instagram 
I, I feel I just feel like I've I've known about you guys for ages. Yeah, I think, so I'm kind of surprised it's it's not been that long. It's really not. No, I think we launched. We we had an official like we we're running sort of pre-launch during June July of last year. Um, we launched officially at the end of August. Um, mm. It moved in October. Yeah, it was it was it was just unsteady for a while. Like mm. a lot of moving, a lot of changing. But we've been a bit steady for a while now. Yeah, good. that's cool. Because I, I remember your uh, we're moving post on your Instagram. Yeah, it was kind you, of like that. the second post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like seems like you're a permanent fixture in the Glasgow sort of photography scene now, though. Like you're well established within what's barely even a year, so it's it's quite impressive. Yeah, I hope so. It's nice. It's nice that um, yeah, somebody asked me the other day how many like regular customers we have, and I was like, oh, I don't know quite hard to say so we're kind of yeah we're really chuffed and thankful that like people are trusting us all our film and yeah it's great yeah it's and also like we're on the like we're here all the time so we kind of don't know what, what it's like like have a wider community i guess um or in the scene but yeah the the the, the amount of the ugh, sorry the big embrace that we've gotten like the real readiness to to take us in and give us, give us a chance was very special. Yeah. Mm. So something that I noticed on the website is you have different spots throughout Glasgow that people can drop off their film. What was this sort of idea behind having that service available? Um, so, um, like I said, I'm from Melbourne, which is like a very, um, like, a big, it's a big city, like geographically, it's massive. Um, like the distance, I, like from my outer suburb, to the city centre was a distance from Edinburgh to Glasgow. Um, so um, there was a lab back home um, that I used and they, because they set up a bunch of drop points um, around the city and I kind of just copied that. <laughs> um, also just because like, yeah, it's just, it's easy to, it's good to have it ex- uh, like accessible. Um, yeah. Just want to have it easy and accessible. Um yeah, and we've also kind of managed. Well, I mean, obviously, we should know that all the drop points are obviously shut at the moment, but um, we've managed to kind of work it so as all the drop points are run by people who live or kind of migrate south at some point during the week. So we can, yeah, <laughs> that makes it easier for us as well. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's quite convenient. Yeah, it's quite yeah convenient. definitely. Can you can you tell us where those drop points are, just so you know yeah. when things kick back up? And um, so in the west end. Um, Right behind uh, Byers Road, <laughs> um, we have Draw Art Store, which is on Creswell Lane, um, which is run by a lovely man called Ian Ting, uh, Neil Tingray. I always call Ian for some reason. He has the best dog. If you get, he, like, if you get to meet Marceline there, it's also it's just like the loveliest little shop. Yeah, he's great. So that's in the West End. <laughs> um, city Centre, we have a point at Good Press, um, which is a lovely little zine and art shop and gallery as well. Yeah. Uh, East End, we have Stands, which is run by our pal Sarah. It's like a lovely little cafe and also semi-art gallery. It's also her studio. Um, where else have we got? Paint and Mortar. Paint and Mortar, which is at uh, the School of Art. It's like a, another art store just um, off Sydney Hall Street. Oh, yeah. Is that it? Yeah. And also we take mail yeah. as well, so that's the kind of way we get filmed. Yeah. And, then, and so, so how are you doing it right now then? Right now, it's purely people mailing us film or people outside the lab on Tourist Street. We've got a big box that people can drop film off at 24-7. Yeah, we've got, like, envelopes outside next to the box, and so you can just, like, yeah, pop it in the envelope, fill it out, and just throw it in, and we get mm-hmm. it in the morning. 
Oh, very cool. Sounds well, so easy. It's, it's really easy and a convenient service. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> uh, so, so, so you you've moved into your lab. Like, um, what what other challenges did you face when when opening the lab? Then, everything is heavy. Everything is heavy and delicate. The ultimate combination. Oh my um, God, wonderful. Start with this. Um, dust proofing our space was a big yeah. one. Um, so it was like a lot of sealing, a lot of painting, a lot of um, PVA gluing, a lot of liquid uh, expanding foam. Yeah, don't get expanding foam in your hair. Oh my God, I had to cut like half my hair off. Uh, I got in- <laughs> Wait, in your hair? Yeah. I was, how did that, how, how I was that happen? In the roof and I, and I'm, I'm not, sometimes I'm not the brightest spark and it fell on my, it fell on my head. <laughs> 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 and then we went out to lunch with the phone in my hand. Like a bunch of people stopped me like, Hey bro, you got something in here? I'm like, I oh, know I can't take it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to get a clear um, we have to do? Oh my God. There was so much stuff. There was like a lot of, um, a lot of equipment stuff because we, we bought like a, a, a film processor that, I originally planned on refurbing and uh, it weighs a quarter of a ton. I moved it between three different places and then, oh my God. uh, yeah, it just turns out I just gave up on that one and then bought another one and each time they weigh a quarter of a ton. Um, and yeah, moving them. Um, we bought another one for 99p off eBay at one point <laughs> and we had to go to Dundee and get it and it's the heaviest thing that's ever existed. Yeah. <laughs> that was almost 500 kilos, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. We got, yeah, there's something we sold it and someone came to buy it and it wouldn't even um, like the, uh, the, the tail lift tail lift wouldn't even take it it was mad Oof. oh man how did you get in the vehicle? we had to get another van <laughs> like a oh shit oh wait yeah oh brutal that, dark times honestly yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. it was brutal ah yeah oh man that's crazy yeah um, oh my god yeah what else it's like just like weird stuff you know it's all about like having to buy loads of filing cabinets and have to like just yeah, there's all these little things that you don't think of, like... Oh, it turns out, um, like, for the first sort of three, four months of us running, the, the biggest time suck for us was filing eggs and chopping them up because um, we couldn't source an automatic one. Um, right. And then we ended up getting one from a basement from... For free. For free. And then Ben refurbed it and fixed it. <laughs> and <laughs> More dog based. Yeah. <laughs> But before that, it was like it was the single biggest task that would take us the most amount of time. It was like chopping mm. up. Things. I feel like there's like a hundred other things, but they're both they're quite boring. Yeah, they're not they're not good mm. conversation pieces. <laughs> 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 That's cool. So so has the lab changed since when you first opened? I mean, I know it's only been a year, but. You know, do you, do you do other things like I think before we went online, Greg mentioned that you might sell some cameras here or there. You might sell some film. Yeah, he might have been lying to me. I don't know. <laughs> we we sell we were selling cameras before lockdown, but I think that we're probably after the lockdown is released, we're probably not going to keep selling cameras, and um, and we're just going to sell film. We sell a lot of film before and we keep selling film. So pretty much all we'll be doing is selling film and developing scanning film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, Why the decision to... Because I'm, I'm guessing the f- cameras that you sold, were you like picking up at charity shops and then selling on? So what's, what's the decision to stop that? It was a bit of that. It's mainly, mainly we just want to 
focus. It takes quite a lot of our time right. <laughs> to sell because we have to test every single one, obviously develop and scan the film from every single one. Right. And um, yeah. clean that, make sure there's some good work in order. And it's, yeah, it's probably just something that we're not, we're just wanting to focus on. Which one to focus on other things? <laughs> yeah, we want to do one thing and do it well. Yeah, pretty much we just want to stick to the thing that we do best. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, fundamentally, we're still just color and black and white, debbing and scanning. But we, uh, we're sort of looking into um, trialing E6 developing, um, so slide film. Um, All right. And All right, cool. currently acquiring a, um, an old drum scanner uh, virtual drum scanner um, to do sort of um, high-end scans for like individual frames and for um, like for printing purposes. Mm-hmm. We got it. Well, yeah, we just need to wait for it to come over from Tehran. Yeah, come over from Denmark. Ah, how long, how long does that take? At the moment, who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> people, we keep on getting mail from from like, people mailing us film and day, and it's like early May. We got one today that was sent in about May. So how, how does it feel for you guys being like, um, well, I guess I would describe you as like a niche business? I suppose it's niche for us to be like an independent thing. We're not part of a chain, you know, we're not, yeah, we're not on the high street. So mm-hmm. there's obviously quite a few independent labs in London and a few scattered about England, but I don't really think that there's many, like, like us, like startups in Scotland, um, there's a few that obviously have maybe like their individual independently owned shops that have been there for like years and years of various cities in Scotland. But yeah, I don't think there's yeah, so I suppose for niche in that sense the word. When you did sell the cameras and the film, was that for I don't want to say like fun? Were you trying to broaden your business a little bit or yeah, was I that mean, just for a little bit of added cash flow or um, I mean, it was, yeah, ultimately, it would, we'd be lying if I said it wasn't an element of cash flow. And obviously, we give, you know, if people have cameras that they can shoot film in, then it's more likely they're going to give us film. So, that was, that, yeah. That's a real ambitious, really. <laughs> we yeah. wanted to, like, make it easy to introduce film photography to people because we know it's a pain, like, trying to scour eBay and buying and if you don't know cameras. What, yeah. And obviously, we've got a better idea of what cameras are worth buying for people, you know. Um, but yeah, just yeah. to be like a lot of work. Um, we ended up making, probably, I think, yeah, we ended up making, making we've, we've made losses on I it. I think we probably didn't make any money. So <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it does sound like it was quite a lot of time. So And yeah, like there are other places that are more specialist camera places, even within Glasgow. Yeah, and that was our thing was that, yeah, there's other camera shops here that we'd rather not try and compete with someone who's more specialised than us. There's no point for us. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, actually, I I don't. So Greg's obviously looked into film cameras before. I haven't touched a film camera since. Again, like I was a kid, like um, an early teen. I think was the last time I'd touched a film camera. So where, if I was to want to buy one, if I wanted to buy one, where would you recommend me going in Glasgow? In Glasgow, um, Merchant City Cameras. Um, down okay. in yep, I know it. Uh-huh. Um, and over in Edinburgh, this um, camera house, um, they've got like a, a nice big range um, over there. Um, and upstairs, there's repairs as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess those physical places. Yeah, obviously the internet, but you know, if you want to go physical, yeah. those are the places. Yeah, I think if I was to get back into film, I think the joy would be 
you know, going and, and enjoying the atmosphere, that, connecting with people and, you know, stuff like that. You know. You know. <laughs> it's totally vague on a podcast, uh, you know. With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development or photography or offer advice to clients, With Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so With Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye-bye, unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative-friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. So something that I was actually going to ask near the end of the episode, but feels right to ask just now, is what camera would be a good starter camera for someone looking to get into film photography and what film type would you recommend for that? Oh, um, I guess it depends what the person is after. Um, cause if you're, yeah, if you're totally new to photography, totally new to photography, uh, like if, if you want to learn manual film photography, I don't think you can go past, you know, the classic SLRs, um, you know, like your Pentax K1000s, your Canon A series, um, your Nikon FEs, um, a Zenit, a Zenit, which we love the Soviet tanks. Um, <laughs> we've actually got one of them in the studio, but I don't know if it yeah, works. We we've never run a roll of film through it. So I need to oh, I need to run a roll through it and get it developed, see how it, see how it looks. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you're just looking for like a party camera or like, you know, someone who takes snaps of your pals and stuff, I just feel like a lot of the um, point and shoots are very similar, especially from the same era of like, you know, the early 2000s, the late 90s. But we've got a particular love for the um, Fuji Zoom Date series. Yeah. And... Fuji Sylvie's can get your get your mitts on them. Yes, mm-hmm. um, the Olymp like as as like uh, the really popular what are they? The Olympus Muse. Yeah, Muse, um, Muse. But even the Zoom Muse are really great. Um, yeah, and it's the, one of the one of the zooms that I've got. Pretty sure. Yeah, like my uh, my partner who um, like isn't a photography person just keeps like a little Olympus Super Zoom in their bag, just like for happy snaps, and it's perfect. And obviously, Greg, you asked about film. No, yeah. I'm again. So I'm 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 a total novice. So before you start recommending films, can you like talk us through the different aspects of different films? Like if I, if if I was to like have loads in front of me, like how would I know which one to pick? Oof. Um, depends what you want to shoot. First, a, yeah, it yeah. depends. If you're going, if you're going to go to shoot at the beach all day, it's probably going to be different from if you're going to go and shoot at a gig in our summer dark or an indoor light and you start to things. Well, go, yeah, choose colour of black and white first. And yeah, that's the main thing. For us a bit. Give us a chance. <laughs> oh, shit, okay. Oh, you know, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, well, let, let's, let's go black and white because I feel like that's a good starter point. Black and white, um, I feel like, like, if you, it's, it's quite, I feel like it's quite difficult to get a bad film um, for freshly manufactured film, at least. Um, I'm sort of discounting all the ones that are New new old stock, um, like a lot of the sort of like weird little ones you see pop up. They're all old stock because the only the only manufacturers of color negative is Kodak and Fuji. Every other mm-hmm. sub brand is rebadged um, Kodak or Fuji. 
So, uh, sorry, back to it, black and white. Um, my personal favorite is Kodak Tri-X. Um, I love the grain. It's, it's got that really classic look. Um, and along those sort of lines, Kodak Tri-X, Foma 400. Um, double X, we should buy some double X. <laughs> it's quite a lot smoother. And, and the classic Ilford HP5, they're like those classic, um, what's it called, cubic grain uh, films. Um, and then if you want sort of like smoother, um, sharp, like not sharper, smoother, flatter, I guess, looks. It also depends on the development, but um, the Ilford Delta range, um, a great, a really fun one um, is Ilford Pan F50, very contrasty, really low grain, but you want to get it to us as soon as you shoot it because it's got no light and image retention. So if you leave it for like a few weeks or a month, the roll will come out blank. Um, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, shit film's great. <laughs> <laughs> so fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, encouraging. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of black and white. Um yeah, even, even like the budget ones are, are really great. Like, you know, your Kent Mears, um, yeah. Kent Mears, your Fomas, like under the right conditions, like treat them, give them plenty of light and they're all great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what makes, what, what, you were talking there, what makes like a, what was it, was it off-brand you said or cheaper? Rebranded. So yeah. what, what's the difference there? Uh, I mean, it, it, it depends what the rebrand is. So you've got like, um, uh, like, you know, double film, um, well, like their whole shtick is, um, you know, ruining, well, not ruining, sorry, uh, <laughs> augmenting existing film with streaks and like fun bubbles and all those sort of mm-hmm. things and re-rolling them and sell on selling them. Um, okay. which is fine if you're into that. Um, then you got your, um, you got your other ones that get like essentially old stock, like, um, you know, stuff that's found in a warehouse, like huge, huge rolls of it. And it's, um, mm-hmm. re-spooled and sold on, but I'm just not a fan because the results are so inconsistent um, and, general, and the film is usually very expired and old. Mm. Um, also, it's a nightmare to scan because <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're really got really foggy bases um, and they're really curly. Um, mm. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm quite in favour of just like the classic sort of brand name. Would that come up on 200? Oh, absolutely. I solid highly performer. recommend that. Can't, you will not you will not go wrong. You won't spend a better five quid on like a cheap roller film. Very much performs above its price bracket, I reckon. Okay, cool. There might be that misconception. So you you mentioned the inconsistency with film. You there might be the misconception out there that if you shoot film, you are going to get inconsistencies, and maybe that's like a characteristic of shooting with film. Like, is that like a good assessment of shooting with film? That's quite a hard and tricky question to answer, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, if, you're, if you're sending it to a lab, if you're sending it to us, then obviously the development part of it is consistent. Um, so the shooting part, the only real inconsistencies you're going to be getting, and assuming also that the film is produced properly, which it will be if you've not bought a really, really shitty cheap film off the internet, um, <laughs> the, then the only real inconsistencies you're going to get are going to be in your own exposure of your, your own, you know, whether you expose the image properly under overexposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel it's like... It's hard to see that there would, there's, like... There's no inherent... There's no inherent inconsistency, yet. Um, okay. Yeah, especially with modern films and the manufacturing processes, they got, like, you know, great QA. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're really consistent batch to batch. Um, but, like, the last major one I could think of was 
um, in 2015-16, there was a bunch of um, Kodak T-Max um, in 120 that uh, had the backing the numbers, papers that would yeah, come yeah. through on the film. And that was like the sort of last major um, manufacturer manufacturing <laughs> um, yeah. one. Sure. Yeah, inherent like film film in in and of itself is is relatively consistent. Yeah. Okay. It's more just the differences in in shooting it, um, and depending on your, your camera and your style and um, your metering and focus, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Because um, metering for film is like very different from metering for digital. Um, so yeah. Okay, how 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 so then? Well, I mean, it's um it's, it's sort of the inverse in that digital holds its information in the shadows, whereas film holds its information in the highlights. So you always want to overexpose. Um, okay. Negative effect. Well, in general, um, everything apart from slide film, um, you'd want to give it ex- as much light as possible. Um, mm-hmm. within, you know, overexposure arenas. Yeah, like Portra can handle up to five stops. Like you're going to get weird sort of contrast and shifts, but in general you can shoot Portra two stops over um, and it's not just acceptable, it's like desirable. Um, <laughs> okay. You want to shoot two, stop, two stops over in a digital SLR. Yeah, I mean, although modern cameras are incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so in general you'd want to meet it for the shadows if you're just doing a generalist sort of metering. Are there any resources that someone could check out to compare the look of certain films? Like say they were trying to choose a colour film and they're like trying to find what one to buy. Is there any sort of website strength in that they can check out and see what colours they prefer? Uh-huh. There's a website called, um, oh, it's a small publication. I'm, fair, if I'm remembering this correctly, it's called Flavour without, without the OU. So it's just like FLAVR, I'm remembering that right. And that had, um, it was the same photos taken with every single film available at the time, which I think was in, it might have been, the last edition might have been three, four years ago. Um, so there's that. Yeah, I mean, YouTube also has bundles of people who are taking, you know, a photo on every single type of colour film they can get their hands on and putting every single one next to each other and getting down to the individual differences between them all. So there's plenty of YouTube resource people out there who are, you know, tearing apart every single little tiny aspect of film. Yeah. Also depends depends on on the scanning process as well. That's the thing. You can, you can kind of, you can look at it as much as you want, but there's always many different processes that's come through to get to that point, which are variable, especially if you're holding it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, with, with, with the scanning, like you're not going to like, um, in the same way that there's a, there's no equivalent to the raw file with, with, with the, I mean, sort of the negative is, but um, especially with color negative, even with the mask removed, there's, there's always going to be some sort of uh, choice you have to make with, with, with color. Um, and mm-hmm. for us, that's the choice made, not choice, but the, the programming that the Fuji machines we use um, have. Um, and then, so you can scan the exact same negative between a, you know, a Fuji Frontier um, and an Aritsu, um, and then you can get that same one and shoot it with a DSLR and invert it with some, um, with like, uh, you know, various softwares. Um, and you're going to get like a different, a slightly different color profile each time. There's no right answer, really. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm very... <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, that's right. It's just... Um, and I do love the weird, te- the, the boring techie stuff. So, yeah, apologies. Yeah, so- 
No, 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 it's fine. We, we love it as well, to be honest. Yeah. As I say, most, most of our listeners are photographers anyway, so they're going to be enjoying the techie stuff as well. <laughs> just a bunch of nerds oh God. Uh, how, how, how do you how do you guys manage working as a team then are you, are you quite good like we hate each other uh, yeah <laughs> I was picking that value bop yeah yeah, yeah. this is the most time we spent together in about a year um, no, no, it's, good. It's, it's good but we kind of have it's general we kind of split it it's kind of quite split in the one of us does quite a lot of developing and one of us does quite a lot of scanning and then there's a bit of a crossover with some things in between. But it's fairly designated what we do. Yeah. We've kind of fallen into it quite easily. Yeah. Not having any arguments over it. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and, and I guess our biggest thing is we just want to ensure consistency. Yeah. Um, you know, so like yeah, so Ben's not doing something on the scanner that I do um, or vice versa or I'm not doing something developing like what the Ben does. We just want it to be like very consistent roll to roll. It's just it's just you guys in your business, isn't it? It's, you don't have any other team members or. In the words yeah. of Will Smith, it's just the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's a sort of general day like for you guys? Like talk us through a general day of sort of developing a role, maybe. We'll come in and hopefully there'll be loads of film in the box outside the lab um, and then the postman will bring us loads of film, hopefully. <laughs> um, we'll twin check all of the films. So that's just like putting the little sticker that you see when you get film back, one on the kind of envelope with the person's details, one on the film, so we can match those two things up. Um, making, we kind of have like a system on the computer, like an invoice system and a folder system with Dropbox that all kind of integrates with itself so we don't lose orders and we can keep track of where everything is when we send the order and um, we put the film through our developing machine if it's color that is we put it through the c41 developing machine his name is alf his name is alf he's a total legend absolutely <laughs> <laughs> um scan the film and um yeah that i mean yeah that's kind of the workflow then the negatives are chopped not immediately they're generally chopped once or twice a week do, do you get, so, do, sorry do you get any do you get sent any like Interesting images. We couldn't possibly comment on that. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, what I will say is that, like, so many of our customers are so talented. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, say that. Seriously, but like, they like we see some images, and I was like, wow, like you're like a very good photographer. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Something <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Um, I remember. I remember, man. I remember. Um. I remember back, actually having, in mid-conversation with you guys, I remember actually uh, when I used to study A-levels, I used, I, it wasn't, my, my early teens, it wasn't actually the last time I held, held a film camera, it was actually when I was studying A-levels, and I remember going into the dark room with your three chemicals and playing around in the, in the, the darkest of dark rooms with like a little red bulb, being in there for hours. Um, but I remember thinking, man, half of my shots are shit. <laughs> Do you have like, like if someone gives you like a, like a set of duff images, are you still going to work with them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first off, as you mentioned, we don't do any printing. So we purely do, we don't yeah. have a document from that. We purely do digital scans and digital delivery yeah. of the images. Um, mm-hmm. but of course, like we will, if we will 
they take every scrap of image that we can from a roll of film and give it to the customer. There's nothing that we won't scan. Mm-hmm. Criminal. What, <laughs> cool. what would happen? What would happen if someone sent a roll and there's been something wrong with the camera? Would you get in touch with them and say, "Look, this roll's not worked. We're not going to develop it," or do you still just invoice them? Uh, we'll always develop the film. We'll always develop it. Um, I mean, the most common thing is, is that the roll of film will be blank. Yeah, there'll be nothing on it. Um, and so, obviously, like we're happy to like help customers out, like if they need help loading their cameras. Obviously, it was easier when um, we were people were allowed to go into the shop because then you know we could obviously like literally load the camera for them and show them how to do mm. it. But, um, so when the world starts up again, we'll do that. Um, yeah, no, we're more than happy to. Yeah, and like generally, if we see like a pattern of light leaks. Um, and and issues like that or like really weird frame spacing um we'll put a note in the email when they get their dropbox link which just like it appears like your camera's got light leaks or yeah yeah something like that mm-hmm. but no, we'll always yeah. Scan yeah. Roll. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's that's not our place to that's that's no, not no, our place never, to make. yeah remember you used to get, used to get a big sticker over sometimes they used to get a big sticker over one of the pictures from boots <laughs> nice to get there would be like a picture that was all blurry and they put a big sticker over it like I don't know what it said it was like you need to expose your problem properly I was like that might be a, I might I might be an artist yeah <laughs> <laughs> I suppose yes yeah because when I was asking my last question I was thinking hmm how would you actually make the decision as to what is a good and bad image no yeah we, we can't yeah yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So you guys don't do any printing? No, we don't do any printing at all. We have an affiliation with a fine art printer and who does darkroom prints. Um, all right. So yeah, if anyone ever wants like one off or like like kind of special art art prints, then we can put them in our direction. And inkjet prints. Inkjet prints. Yeah. Well, well. yeah. Mm. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So, do you offer any other services like maybe clean up digital images or anything like that? No, not really. really. We do we do sometimes scan like um, archival negatives, even maybe old family negatives that people have. We can do stuff like that. Um, okay. Apart from that, we're actually pretty much just developing and scanning film. It's very, it's quite, it's quite yeah. narrow. It's quite <laughs> narrow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Like we'll be moving into um, sort of more high end scanning. So with that one, we'll be offering. Um, a raw and a, and a photo finishing service only for those scans. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's about it. Um, there's only two of us that can't really afford the time to sort of um, sort of diversify. Yeah, <laughs> well, oh, that's we, cool. Yeah. yeah. So what, what would I see on your form when you're sort of sending film in, there's an option for like a TIFF file. What would be the benefit of someone paying the extra for the TIFF file over, I assume it's just JPEG traditionally? Yeah, yeah. So it's either JPEGs or TIFFs. So when you choose a, a TIFF option, it's um, it's not been compressed at any point um, by the Fuji scanner. And it actually comes out as a bitmap file that we convert to TIFFs um, losslessly. So, yeah, the, the, obviously the benefit is it's never had any JPEG compression done to it. Whether you can see that eye-to-eye comparison, that's up to you. Um, some people like to have, um, you know, the, the archival um, thing, I guess, of, of tips over JPEGs. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, also the JPEGs from our things are bloody huge. It's it's um like almost two gig a roll. Um, so, oh, sorry, the tips. Sorry, yeah. my apologies. The JPEG yeah. are small. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's like an option for yeah some people um, if they're after that. Um, no. Very cool. Do you, do you, do you keep any of the digital files for any length of time or um, sort of uh, not really? <laughs> um, we keep them for a while after we've sent the link because sometimes people will be like, "Oh, I lost the email," uh-huh. um, something like that. Can you send it again? But no, um, it's sort of on the onus. It's on the the yeah. client to download their images. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh man, I have to say, after speaking to you guys, I'm really in the mood to find a film camera and uh, get a roll and just uh, wow. see what comes out. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And when when everything's back to normal and we're back in the studio, we're, we're definitely going to pop over to, to the lab at some point. I want to see that noodly man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and sort of starting to wrap up, one wow. question that we always ask is, do you have any book recommendations for folk, whether it be a business book or maybe a photography book, anything that people can sort of go and check out? Chris reads like a book a day. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, photo books. Uh, I find a really inspiring one is Magnum's Contact Sheets. Um, it was only released a few years ago, I think 2017 or 18. Um, but it's of um, sort of a lot of magnet photographers. It's their contact sheets. So you can sort of see how they work. Um, I find it. I found it really illuminating, and also it's really great to see how much like they fucked up as well. Yeah, I love that photo book. My sort of finished photo book. My all-time fave is Parks Minutes to Midnight, which I think is just the absolute zenith of um, monochrome photography. In terms of uh, reading books. Uh, I really like on photography, uh, the classics, you know, on photography by Susan Sontag and Ways of Seeing by John Berger. Um, you know, the classic text, they're really great. Um, really yeah. good to think about, you know, your image making as a process and sort of wider, the wider forces at play when you make an image because nothing happens in a vacuum. I've, not, I've got Roland Barthes' um, Camera Lucida on my list, but I've not gotten to that yet. But yeah, those are my book recs. Brilliant. Go, cool, man. Plen- plenty <laughs> there for folk to get stuck into. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's just reminded me the ways of seeing. Man, I remember reading that ages ago. That's such yeah. a good book. It is. It's, it's absolutely classic. I, I kind of I'm yeah. not TV show that went along with it. Um, that would be great. Yeah, it's a book that no matter what stage you're at in your photography career, it's definitely still worth reading. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. For Thank you for having us coming on. Listeners, if you have been interested uh, but never dipped your toe in or haven't dipped your toe in for a while, I would totally uh, recommend using these guys' service. And yeah, have fun. Where can folk find you guys online? Obviously, we know your address. We've mentioned that before, but where can folk find you online? Uh, So our website is just www.gulabi.co.uk. Um, and on social media, we're um, Galabi Photo on Instagram and Facebook. And that's it. That. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. And people can find us at Cinemate Films on Instagram and .co.uk, all that stuff. Yeah. If you have any questions, shoot them over. We'll be happy to, uh, to get back to you. Greg, do we have a review shout out? We do. Yes. It's from... Yes, Queen. I, I might mess this name up because it's, it's hard. Ayaf Fay. 
I don't know if that's a real name or if that's just a name on iTunes, but left a review on iTunes and it says, love this podcast. Just listened to the one with Nikki Ledbetter while I was cleaning my house. Had a lovely time. Great chat, funny and insightful, and reminded me about Cherry Ripes. Thanks, guys, for another awesome edition. Thank you very much. Ayaf Faye. Yes, thank you. And if you got offended by Greg not actually thinking your name's a name, well, (laughs) you can send him a message and (laughs) call him out. If you you hear this review, give us a message on Instagram and let us know who you are, because... Sometimes when I don't recognise the name, I'm like, oh, I want to know who that is. Yes, and he can apologise to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, yeah, also, uh, that was a really good episode with Nikki. Yeah. And uh, I haven't had any cherry ripes since then, so I might actually go and That's order myself some along with this little book. Well, I know that. My God. That woman can eat a chocolate bar, I tell you. Anyway, if I... <laughs> God. Anyway... We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, hit that subscribe button so you know when the next episode goes online. Leave a review. That is a massive help in order for us to grow this podcast. But if you don't want to do that, continue listening for free. That's absolutely fine. Maybe tell us to a friend. However, until next time, enjoy your life. (laughs) 